Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, from the basement in Holden Hall. We are here in Studio H to bring you guys the second season premiere of the Breslin Breakdown that covers everything Michigan State basketball. We will be recapping some early season wins over EMU and Detroit Mercy. We will have some season predictions, a Shea Collery injury update, and much more. I'm joined by Bobby Zephyro, Charlotte Steinberg, and Sutton McGee, the fellow members of this year's Women's Beat. Guys, thank you for joining us. Oh, Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here, Nate. You know, nowhere I'd rather be than talking MSU women's hoops, baby. <laughs> Happy to be here. Just to get things started off, let's go through a little early season recap of Michigan State beating Eastern Michigan and UAD Mercy. The Spartans were able to quickly dispatch of the Eagles by a final score of 85-50, to and they beat the UAD Mercy Titans 110-52. to Guys, starting off with Eastern Michigan, what were some of your really big impressions? Well, I'll start it then. Um, I don't know, like like I wrote in my article too, like the fact we saw two totally different Michigan State teams that day. We saw the first half Michigan State and we saw the second half Michigan State, which if we get that first half Michigan State against Notre Dame upcoming, you know, it might be ugly. You know, if we just play our brand of physical basketball, hit the boards, you know, we could do some damage. Yeah, definitely. Cloudin for Michigan State definitely stepped up, scored 23 points, leading scorer on Michigan State. Winston also in the second half came alive. She had 14 points in 12 minutes. And then also Osmond and McCutcheon put some solid minutes for the Spartans, contributing both 10 points. If I can say one thing about Eliza Winston, she is so talented, but what I wrote was she needs to learn to slow the heck down. Down. I, I totally she agree. She goes so fast. She wants to do everything herself. And it is a little bit of a transi- transition from the collegiate atmosphere to the professional atmosphere because in college you could get away with that. You could just blow by, mm-hmm. or in high school you could get away with that. You could blow by everybody and nobody could stop mm-hmm. you. Now people close out on you and you get tunnel vision and you lose possession of the ball. So once she learns to play more within herself and to use her speed at more select times, I think she's going to be really, really good. She has all the potential, believe me, and we're actually going to get into how these freshmen have really catapulted Michigan State to a 2-0 record later. But Sutton, you have any thoughts on this? I think she could really benefit from just taking a look at Cassius Winston. I mean, the way that he plays is as quick as she as she plays, but it, it's a lot different because it's controlled, and he makes the right pass. She sometimes speeds up, t- turns the ball over. If she, if she just watched him, it, she would do a lot better. Right, but at the same time, you know, we're talking about her playing fast. She is fast. I don't know. Like, obviously, we've seen her play. For everyone out there who hasn't had the opportunity to see her play, she is quick. Like, I don't even know. I Like like I said, she, she especially on defense, having that quickness and speed, you know, she had a few, like, hand-check fouls, you know, early in the games. That just comes with, you know, being a freshman, kind of getting adjusted to the rules. They really look out for hand-checks and, and cows. Yeah. And, but, like, having her, you know, her speed on defense especially, too. Like, she'd get up there. She'd get in people's faces because she knows, like, you know, I can recover if I get beat. And if that's if I get beat because I'm so fast, you know. I mean, the only way that she get beat though is if they're playing full court press, which they do mm-hmm. a lot. Because if if she's playing half court, she's not getting beat because mm-hmm. she's all already all the way back. Well, she's beating herself though at times because a staple of Michigan State's offense is transition offense and getting out yeah. and running. And she goes so so fast. She wants to go end to end. She doesn't ever half the time see the trailer behind her. She's anxious to do everything herself. And half the time she ends up getting hacked, but half the time she ends up throwing up a wild layup. And it results in a mispossession. But 
that's something that she's going to have to work on, and I'm confident that she will as the season continues to go on. Speaking of the season, guys, do we have any early season predictions about how this team's going to do? Coming off around a 32 loss at the hands of Notre Dame. I think this is a possible Sweet 16 team. Yeah, I was going to say Sweet 16 Elite Eight possibility. I mean, they've played super good. They have really good depth, as we've seen early on in the season against smaller teams. And especially, like, their guard play is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, in the tournament, guard play is what determines deep runs. I think if you're thinking about a season prediction, you're definitely going to have to look at your senior leaders as Taryn McCutcheon and Nia Hawley. They're really going to have to step up. Taryn's going to have to lead as a point guard, definitely with her shooting. Nia Hawley coming off the bench, as we've seen in the couple games they've played, has really helped. I was talking to Susie Merchant, and when she put out her four freshmen, she put Nia Hawley in together. In the That was actually really interesting to me because – Definitely you can see that Nia Holly leads the team, and she'll need to continue this throughout the season. Well, she's a really smart and she's a really intuitive player. She's not a big scoring threat. She's more of everybody knows who's uh, listened to me in the past. I'm a big Charlotte Hornets fan. She reminds me of Bismarck Biombo. Great rim protector. <laughs> yeah. Really good rebounder. Not the best score, but she's really, really good at getting people in the right starter. spots. She could have. Yeah. But the problem is her and Gaines both ha- are not great on the offensive end. Let's let's put it. Their front court offensive depth's a little weak. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Gaines is good. Gaines is good. It's, it's not bad. But we're but also can- improving because we have Tyre Parks. True, but she's right. young. She's she's gonna take a little bit, a little bit of time to get in gear. I think. I think she's still a little bit raw. I think she's gonna be really good. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at where they are from a backcourt perspective to a frontcourt perspective, it's really no contest. And that's what's gonna end up hampering this team. I think. If anything is, people are gonna zero in on Cloudin. People are gonna zero in on Kali, and people are going to zero in on Taryn. And We've seen already players such as Caleb Ellis, who's really athletically gifted, rebound machine, but the inability to put the ball back up is something that just, you wonder what is going on half the time. And it's it's not a shot at her or anything like that, but so many times in the first two games, you know, point blank range, you just missed it. Just pooch, just pooch the shot. Just poots the shot with Parks breathing down her neck. If she wants to stay in the rotation, she can't continue to do that. And she's yeah. supposed to replace Jenna Allen coming off from Jenna Allen left the team, obviously, as a senior. She's supposed to step up and be that st- that person to rebound and put back shots from the basket. Allen, Allen is harder to replace, not even in the fact of the rebounding aspect, which she was obviously really good at last year, but her ability to extend beyond the perimeter to drain it from three, gave this team another added threat. There are not a lot of bigs at this level that are comfortable going out on the perimeter and defending and contesting those kind of shots. And not only did you have to respect it, you had to actively defend her three-point shot because it was so good. Mm -hmm. But everything that she stood for on the court was nothing compared to what she did off. I had the pleasure of covering several games for them last year, and she was the ultimate professional. She loved her family. She loved the school. I'll never forget I was doing the senior game for Michigan State when they were playing Michigan, and she broke down in tears toward the end of that game. And what we're going to see Cassius do later, which is going to be really emotional for all of us when they do that little push-up and kiss the Spartan. And And it was just a really, really, really sobering sight because you could see how much this meant to her. Right. It's a powerful tradition, that Spartan kiss, man. It is. It is. And it's something that... Losing her hurts, but this team doesn't have an excuse of not being better. 
because everybody else comes back. Everybody else. I think I think the biggest difference is is the depth, but also the thing that Jenna Allen brought was she spread out she spread out the court and the inside for the the inside for the guards whenever they drive, it's not it's like all clogged now because there's they can't go outside. But Jenna Allen could go outside, so that changes the inside of the court. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll agree with you on that side. We do have. A f- kind of a floor eater a little bit in gains. She's really good back to the basket too, but she's really not much of a, you know, outside of, she's not, she doesn't have much of a mid-range game. She, really re- have, she, she really doesn't. We really haven't mm-hmm. seen it. I mean, so far this year with the competition that they've played, that Michigan State has played, it's really different because the shot selection is a lot better because of the def- defense of the opposing teams. But coming up with Notre Dame, it'll be a lot different, especially playing a ranked team, one that's nationally known and nationally uh, won, won a lot of championships. And right. nationally, who's going to be really, really mad because they lost to Tennessee. That's something we'll segue into a little bit later. But as we've previously mentioned, Michigan State will be going on the road this Thursday to South Bend to play and square off against Muffy, Muffet McGraw's Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and we will be there, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. But going back to the Mercy game and the Eastern Michigan game, it's hard, at least for me, because we want to talk about how good these freshmen are, and we want to talk about everything they've done. Detroit Mercy is bad. They are just putrid. Yeah. Bernard Davis has won six games over in Detroit the last two years. So it's hard for me to draw a hard conclusion. Oh, you can't. You can't. I think they're disciplined. I The one thing that I will give them is th- this freshman class is a very high basketball IQ because if you do a two three zone hybrid full court press as Sutton was touching on earlier a lot of freshmen who were just either manned or zoned all through high school aren't gonna have an idea of what they're doing they're gonna sit there looking like you know deer in the headlights sort of look but give Winston credit and give uh, Joyner credit for seeing right through that and I when you have a team that has Terrence McCutcheon, that has Cloudin, that has Shea Colley. Those are three really good people that can play on the ball. Three plus ball handlers. So to get into that rotation, you have to know what you're doing. If you're not a good ball handler and are not able to accurately handle these different defensive zones, you ain't going to touch the court. And the fact that Merchant has the confidence in her, I think speaks to her high basketball IQ. Now, I think that for a freshman that out-athleted everybody in high school and really didn't have to pay attention to technique, that's going to be hard for anyone. Because you can't just body up people anymore. You can't just run by people. You don't have the ability to just out-athlete everyone because everybody's as good or better of an athlete. This is the level when technique starts to come in. And yes, you're still going to be a better athlete than UAD Mercy's guards. You're still going to be a better athlete than Eastern Michigan's guards, even though they returned a fair amount. And what... Notre Dame's a completely different animal, a completely different animal. And it's really going to be telling to see where this team's head is early without Shea Colley, who got hurt. She had the sprained ankle. We talked to Merchant after the second game. She got hurt in the first game against Eastern, didn't have an update in the postgame presser. And then we talked to her in the second game during uh, the postgame presser, and she said it was a little uh, bruise, nothing structural, which is really good to hear. But she wasn't planning on playing anyway. Against Notre Dame, she was planning on um, going to play for Team Canada. So, guys, which I think is absurd. I, I do too. <laughs> I, I, it's ridiculous. I, I'm not, especially coming into a huge game, going to Notre Dame 
you would think you'd want, I understand that there it's just she's taking over for Canada. I know it's a big opportunity, but you'd think as your as a senior leader you'd want to stay with the team. Well, and it's not and my problem is this isn't for a tournament. This isn't for a medal. This is a scrimmage. So I don't know. I I, I don't want to comment on her commitment to the team or lack thereof. That's not fair for me to do. I think she's very committed to the team. I think that she genuinely wants to succeed, but she also has the eye on the WNBA, and she's doing what she can now to get to the WNBA. And at times that can become at the expense of certain collegiate experiences. But what that does do, however, is provide a good opportunity for freshmen like Joyner, who were good, were good in the last game to really step up. She was better than good. She was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. Yeah, she, 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 she was really, really. And she, in my opinion, and maybe you guys feel free to disagree with me, Winston is the higher ceiling between her and Joyner, but I think Joyner's the more college-ready player right I now. Completely I completely disagree. I completely disagree also. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, Joyner, Joyner has it all. She can she can handle the ball. She's not as quick, but she's more savvy with it. She uh, can shoot the ball super well. I mean, she was, like, incredible in high school. She basically, I, I'm pretty sure she won uh, Michigan Women's She was. She was four-star. Yeah, she, I mean, she has the t- complete package. She finds all the passes. She can drive and kick. She's great size. The only thing... That Winston, I think, has her on the speed, and uh, but but I mean, that's not well, yeah. no, that's, that's not the point. It's not the point. Hence mm-hmm. the term higher ceiling. Like I think if you can teach Winston what Joyner already has, Winston's the better player because I don't think Joyner's ever going to gain that level of quickness that that Winston has. That's something but you're right, born with. But right <laughs> now, right now, Joyner's the more college ready player. It's mm-hmm. the player that you can plug and play right now and she won't started. make some of the mistakes. I know, and then that's why because she doesn't make some of the mistakes. Winston makes some plays where you look back and you go, how in God's green earth did she go end to end, you know, through three different people and take it to the cup. But Joyner doesn't try to do everything herself. But I mean, there'll be a death. There'll be a deathly one, two combo. For, they will. For years well, to come, well but, and Cloudon's a sophomore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so we have that Michigan state has for her for a couple more years. Os- Osmond factors into the equation too. I mean, the future really, really, really is bright for this team. Yeah. Well, when you look at Eliza Winston, just you know, we saw the exhibition game. She really didn't have a good showing. But you look at you look at the first two games. You know, first game she goes five for seven, two for three from three, has fourteen points. What else do we got here? An assist, a rebound. She had two turnovers, but you know you can get that fixed. And then the next game she continued right off, six for nine from the floor, three for three, two for two, or three for three from three, two for two from the line, seventeen points. You know, it's hard to argue that. I, I know. The way that the way that I think about it, uh, even like whenever I'm I'm like cheering for my favorite teams, is who is whenever they are on the court, who makes that feeling in my stomach go away to where like I'm calm, like I I trust you with the ball, right? Mm. Right now, like Eli- Eliza Winston is just deer in headlights going a hundred thousand miles an hour, and I feel I just feel like Mo. Uh, Joiner is just calm. She's very right. calm. She's, she looks she's like gonna, she has that composure. Yeah, she has about composure, her. and she's gonna play better. She'll play better at Notre Dame in the big game. I just, I mean, I just think that that that's what will happen. Eliza will. She won't get as many minutes because of Taryn, and obviously they have more point guard depth than they mm-hmm. do where uh, Joiner is playing. But I think that she's just more of a calming presence, and that per, that bodes well for her playing time throughout the season. Yeah, she might get a little more minutes though. Just with Kali being out, which we'll get into later with the freshman impacts, but <laughs> yeah, I I was thinking more like one two years down the line. I think Winston's going to be better than Joiner because I just 
that that I have not seen a guard that is that quick ever watching college basketball. She has the next level Usain Bolt speed that Joyner doesn't have. Yeah. But Joyner reads things better. Joyner's a better passer. Mm-hmm. She's more of a floor general than Winston is at uh at, or that Joyner is at this point. Which right. I mean, what are you going to do? You, you need them both. You need mm-hmm. them both. If you're going to go on the road without your best player and beat Notre Dame, you need both. Well, I feel like for Eliza, especially like like you pointed to earlier, Sutton, about Cassius Winston, how he has the like the change of speed that he has. If Eliza can learn that same like change of speed technique because of how yeah. fast she can accelerate, how quick she is, I mean, that's a tough guard. Yeah, that's I a think, tough guard for I think, anyone. I think Eliza is also, I mean, the way that I watch, I watch down in the paint for, per se, and... I see Mo shifting over, and she's having she's help defense. She's always in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Elijah's just kind of getting up in people, getting a little handsy, and fouling every once in a while, and getting or getting beat, and having people having to help her. If she mm-hmm. can become more of an individualistic defender, where she can just shut down someone, then that would be a big deal. But for right now, she needs a lot of help. Yeah, which I can see that in the future, especially you know, yeah. I can really see that happening. Yeah. Well, guys, as we turn the page on that, we look ahead to Notre Dame, obviously, Shea Colley, the preseason All-Big Ten for Michigan State was ruled out for this game. We don't know if it, it the spring kind of came in at a weird time because she wasn't supposed to play anyway. Who needs to step up, and what are the keys for them stepping up against Notre Dame in a hostile environment? I think the biggest thing is just managing the emotion because – They've had, I mean, they haven't played together on the road yet this year in like a hostile environment. And Notre Dame is one of the biggest programs in women's basketball history. And so just understanding that this is one game, it's the beginning of the season, it's a good road test. There's no need to worry, no need to get nervous, but they should just focus on the game and not worry about what comes after. Right. And this will be, as we said earlier, like really their first test because it's tough to gauge where the team is now, like we said, you know, we played Eastern and U of D Mercy, who was dribbling the shot clock down to 10 seconds, running a high pick and roll for the last five minutes of the game. You know, they just wanted to get out of there. So this this game, I feel like we'll really see, you know, where the scheme is at, where the chemistry is at, and really how far we can go after this game. I think also talking about Notre Dame, they're a very young team. They mm-hmm. have five seniors graduating last year, all going to the WNBA, but... They have to be careful because Sam Brunel looks like literally an amazing player coming out of Notre Dame. She, even though a freshman, she scored 16 points against Tennessee in their last game. So definitely Michigan State has more of the senior leadership and older players to play because of Notre Dame's age and how young they are. And they're still learning the system under Muffet McGraw. Well, I think a thing, too, you have to consider is if you're Michigan State, if you're Clowden, if you're Gaines, if you're Holly, this is the team that embarrassed you on national television last year. They revenge tour. Put a, uh, they <laughs> kicked you up one way and down the other. I mean, and that was to be expected. Notre Dame is pretty much the Alabama of collegiate basketball, with the exception of UConn. Mm-hmm. They've won thirty games nine <laughs> the last nine years. They're unbelievable. And McGraw is a Hall of Famer. And she is one of the greatest coaches ever, along with Gino, 
over at UConn. But you got to keep in mind, those starters, when she was playing over those nine years, were playing all together for at least four years. So this is just the start of this core for Notre Dame. So we're just seeing the first of Notre Dame with all these new starters. Yeah, but I mean, there is something to be said about winning that many games. Mm -hmm. That many. I mean, I I got the record pulled up here, 2010-2011. If you go from there, runner-up, runner-up, Final Four, runner-up, runner-up, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Champions, runner-up. That's like five, six runner-up finishes. I mean, that's... What, what, what the lowest you say about sweet that? 16, yeah, of course, you know? of going back to, I mean, you're going back to 2010. If you look at 2009, the 2009-2010 season, they went 29-6. and six. So they haven't, lo- you know. Uh, no, obviously, they're a great team. They have a great program over there. It's not just, but I'm just saying, these players are all new, so they're still learning the system of Notre Dame. I think, I think the biggest difference, if we're going to go back and say, I mean, less about the past and more about this year, is the fact that, they forced the, the thing that should concern Notre Dame is they forced Tennessee into 28 turnovers and they only had 12. They got 13 steals to Tennessee's five. The only difference is Notre Dame shot way worse than Tennessee. They shot way mm-hmm. worse. So that's that's the big deal. And if you look at the if you look at the quarter by quarter breakdown, they never got blown out like in a quarter. It was 21-14, 15-14, 24-19. 14-16. So they won the fourth quarter, and they only lost the other three quarters by a combined, like, five points. So it's, it wasn't, it's not really that concerning. But then the most concerning stat that I see is that the Lady Vols out-rebounded them 55-28. to That's which a is, huge which is, difference. Which is something that could benefit Michigan State because their bigs are huge with Tyre Parks and everyone else down there. Like, mm-hmm. sh- the, the bigs' interior passing was incredible against uh, Detroit Mercy. And Granted, it's Detroit Mercy, but mm-hmm. it was still like a sight to see. And they had several like get it down low, kick it back out for a wide open three. Those are the highest percentage threes. That that's what helps uh, get that percentage up, that shooting percentage up, and that's what causes you to win the game. So that's the biggest thing that I'll be looking at on Thursday is just the inside, the interior passing, and how Notre Dame defends Michigan State on the inside. Uh, it- you, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I really couldn't have. I, I just, if, if you're Michigan State, these are the games, you never know how your freshmen are going to play because this is a far cry from playing at your high school, playing at the Breslin when you have five. This is going to get a good, good draw. And it's a girl, it really is a good early season test because after this, you come back home, you play Oakland, you play Hartford, yawn. But then you go on the road to the Bahamas. You have the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You got Florida State in there. You got West Virginia in there. You got Syracuse. They go on all these long trips over the winter break, over the Christmas holiday season. So you need at least one game that's kind of a measuring stick game because you're not going to learn much or nothing about yourself in these other four conference games. You really aren't. Last year, you played Oregon at home. You played Virginia at home. And this year... We get we are treated to before us students go off on winter break. We've been treated to UAD Mercy, Eastern Michigan, Oakland, and Hartford. I encourage you to find a worse four game slate. <laughs> if you want that to include Ferris State for the exhibition, terrible. too. Yeah, that Ferris is, State. We can't forget about them. That is they terrible. And this is your only real measuring stick game until late November, when you go mm-hmm. up to the Bahamas. At the end of November, around the, I think it's November 30th. So, open up with LSU down there. You've got to figure out what team you are. Because at the end of the day, yes, Notre Dame lost to Tennessee. This is still Notre Dame. This is still, it's like, it doesn't matter what team the Patriots bring out. 
They could bring a bunch of practice squad players, and as long as Bill Belichick is still in charge, I know Sutton likes my analogy right here. Oh, I love it. But if Belichick is still in charge, you can book him for 11 wins, flat out. And they are going to be angry. They are going to be very angry. It's And the the disrespect factor is what helps it, too, because Notre Dame is probably going to hear all this this noise from this loss at Tennessee, who's not ranked. And they're going – I mean, I I saw on Twitter this week, it was something like, Notre Dame hadn't lost like at home in years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was a long time. I think it was like one fourteen, one fourteen games or something. It yeah, was something, yeah, something outrageous. Ridiculous. And so the fact that Michigan State is trying to push that to two and two games, that's going to be very tough. But I mean, it can definitely be done if they play well. The thing that I'm really going to be curious about: it's easy to come out on fire, and it's really easy to play good the first quarter and a half. But Notre Dame's going to have to play a full four-quarter game. And yes, I know it's at Notre Dame, but Michigan State has a lot more experience playing those gutty, gritty fourth-quarter games. Notre Dame really doesn't. Notre Dame looked bad against Fordham. They really were not good against Tennessee. They were able to pretty easily dismantle Loyola, Maryland. But they they are a wild card. And it's hard to say one way or the other what, they consist of because Michigan, frankly, I know Tennessee's not ranked, but they're a power mm-hmm. five school, and Michigan State hasn't played anyone. And they're a historical power. I was exactly. about to say, yeah, they Tennessee are. has always been. They're, up they're, there. they're always up there. Always. Yes, correct. Also, something about Notre Dame, they have a short uh, list of players who play each game. They only have a rotation of seven people, so that's definitely an advantage for Michigan State if their starters on Notre Dame get tired. So that's definitely something to note for the game. Because they have such a short rotation. And that's the thing that it, that I'm really going to be keeping a close eye on. Merchant marched out every single girl that was on scholarship, with the exception of Kylie, because she was hurt last game. You can't play 14 players. So outside of the starting five and Holly and Joyner I, and Winston, I don't know who you get. This is, she's going to have to figure out her rotation. In this, because in this as game. far as I'm concerned, Bellis and Parks are like this. Bellis and Parks are right there. I mean, really, I think you probably have to go with Parks first off the bench. And then also Julia Ayrault, the other freshman mm-hmm. who's been playing amazing. We even mentioned She's really playing. Yeah. Uh, what would she have, 9.7 rebounds the last game, something like that? She had against UDM 9, 2, and 7. Yeah, well, and, and she had those two huge buckets in the first quarter of that EMU game when they shot 17% and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah. I feel like she's kind of forgotten because of a Winston and Joyner coming up and playing so well that Julia Ayrault will definitely get into the rotation. She's mm-hmm. a great – she can play small forward. She can play shooting guard. I think Merchant can really move her around and see where she fits best. I think right now it's we're having a hard time deciding who we think is going to play, but I think it will all work itself out further along we get, especially with whenever you get into Big Ten play. I think mm-hmm. she'll she'll narrow that list. By then down. they'll have some player efficiency numbers, yeah. as Susie talked about. Yeah, they'll they'll have some more numbers, and she'll be able to decide who – like what? Who has the best chemistry and who's going to win them the games? And that's the thing, though. And going off of Bobby's point with the player efficiency ratings, I obviously don't know everything that goes into that, and frankly, I don't want to know. But as far as the eye test, so many of these players are so, so close. It's so hard mm-hmm. to dis because they looked so good against UAD, and they all looked like for the first half against Eastern. Other than they all, nobody looked good. So my question is. If it's one or two, if it's a one or two 
player efficiency difference. How do you pick? Yeah. I think you wait to, to the big games. You have to wait to the big games. But I totally this agree is, with that. This is a big game coming up, though. No, like, no, who's no. your first big no, off no, the no, bench? No, no, I know. But I'm saying this game has, I mean, it has meaning and everything, but it's just you you have to figure out your rotation early on in the season for because Big Ten play is what truly matters. True. Mm-hmm. So, I'll give you that. so you have to figure out, you have to play people in this game to figure out your rotation. And so for Big Ten play, they're going. she's going to know who to play. Mm-hmm. And then just a note on that player efficiency rating, Nate, do you want to know how to calculate it? Sure. It's actually not that bad. H- how did you figure this out? Did you is Do you have like an insider I, 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 source? I, obvi- I obviously on plugged in the numbers and worked this whole thing out myself. So how it is, it's points plus rebounds plus steals plus assists plus blocks minus turnovers, uh, missed field goals, and missed free throws divided by games played. God, that so is it's like basically it's a yeah. I mean, it's basically positives minus negatives equals player efficiency. It's like it's like that meme where all the numbers are flying and I just don't know what's going. <laughs> yeah, on. It's, wait, it's a lot. Definitely a lot. And definitely gonna that take time. Factor, yeah. That factors in a lot. Yeah, I. But the problem is, I mean, what are rebounds? Rebounds are in the good, are in the good part of that. Oh thing. yeah, I might not have said rebounds, but yeah. But, but I mean, like, what 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 is your shooting percentage factored into that? Is your like missed baskets factored well, miss, into that? Missed shots factors in, yeah. And obviously so, like, turnovers. Yeah, so missed shots, missed free throws, turnovers are all like the negatives. So you yeah. subtract all those from like the stats that you accumulate and divide that by the games played, and then bam, you get a number. Speaking of that, I mean, I think I think free throws could be huge in this game coming up. Like. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, if you miss like five, ten free throws, that could be the, the detrimental, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. if you're able to thump them on the boards. Because like yeah. Nia Holly, they do not have one person who's going to be able to really tie her down on the boards. She is so so right. physical at the point of attack, especially underneath the net. Gaines is a monster. Parks, you're bringing off the bench, mm-hmm. who's a who is a physical specimen. That's gonna. But the problem is. Gaines was only 51% from the line last year, and she really hasn't had – she was good in the first – or was that fair? I think that was fair to say when she went four or five, five or six. She looked better. Holly's never been a great free throw shooter, and Parks really wasn't great last game from the charity stripe. She was okay. So – I think we're also forgetting Cindy Dodd, who came in, but I don't know if she'll get many no, minutes. No, I, I – yeah. she, she will not she, she, She's she raw. She, she She's yeah, raw. She, she – she, She's good. She's talented, but there's definitely a, a force around the basket, one hundred percent. Yeah, but she 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 she's got to learn to move outside yeah. of the like immediate. She needs she needs a year to, like a, a, a to j- work on her her basketball intangibles with her little like jump hook or mm-hmm. her back to the yeah. basket. Yeah, hundred jump hooks a day. Yeah, yes. she, or like her free throws. She At doesn't. Least. Like she Andre Drummond, yeah. she she's a physical force right now, mm-hmm. but she that's could, it. Yeah, yeah, she could she could improve her physical stamina and she could improve her her shooting and her uh, jump hooks, mm-hmm. and, and she, then she'll be able to play down the line. Nate, you touched on Nia Holly earlier. Last game, she had six assists. We saw that oh, that sweet behind John the back. John Stockton, baby, oh, doing yeah. her best. John Stockton I mean, impression. Or Rocket I mean, if Watts. They, if, Rocket Watts had one just like. Yeah, if, I mean, if they got to send more bodies at her, we saw she could pass. So I mean, I know, like you said earlier, Jenna Allen would spread the floor. But honestly, if they got to double team our bigs down there, we got to be able to look out, kick to the open shot. Because I mean, how many threes did we have last game? I just had the. The report up. Let's see, twelve. We had we making twelve threes last game, and then how many did Notre Dame give up? If my Wi-Fi 
Well, it's not the Wi-Fi. It's my laptop. But Notre Dame gave up 42.1% from three. And if Michigan State can knock those open shots down, if Notre Dame gives it to them, that'll be huge. And I think that could be a reason why they win. My whole thing with this game upcoming is, yes, the rotation. I want to see how that factors in. But... I want to see how this team reacts on the ropes. I really do. They were not good mm-hmm. on the road last year. No. They were yeah. no. three, and, three nine. and nine. They were that is ju- not a- they, they could They won everything at home. Everything. They were 15 and one at home. You, yeah. you, That's you like could, a dream. You could have brought, you could have brought in the, you know, the dream team of 92 with Magic and Larry, mm. and they still would have lost. But, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, <laughs> I don't know. By well, the same token. To be fair, we'll never know. What was the. <laughs> I mean, never what, will happen. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to do better at home than on the road, but just uh-huh. the the amount of stagger was s- insane. So for this team, how do you fix that? You still have pretty much everyone, with the exception of Allen, that struggled on that team. You still won 21 games, but this isn't a game you would have won last year. They lost games on the road that they should have won. I I think it's up to Taron. Taron is the unpronounced. It was just the heartbeat. The, yeah, the heartbeat of this mm-hmm. team, and. She's going to have to calm everyone down. The, I mean, Jenna Allen, great. I mean, she was great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I don't know. I can't speak to how she led on, like on the road. But that's what that's going to be. Taryn's job is to get to calm her freshmen down, to calm her younger players down, and just understand it's a game. Just go out and play. Like you have to. You just have to be calm, and you can win the game. And another thing about that's another thing you're missing with Shay Kylie gone too. Another senior leader who, you know. Have been there, done that before. So yeah, Taryn's gonna have to step up. Nia's gonna have to step up. All the upperclassmen are really gonna have to, you know, step up in that role too, leadership wise. If I am McGraw, I will not let Michigan State beat me from the outside. I will be content to let Osmond, and I will be content to let Gaines beat me. Oh, absolutely. But if I yeah. will not let Cloudin beat me, I will not let Taryn beat me. And frankly, I don't know why in sports you see this all the time. My beloved Carolina Panthers this Sunday. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. God. Here we go. Devon, He's using it as a De- platform Devon, to rant. <laughs> Devontae Freeman is out. Austin Hooper is out. See, you know what that means, Riverboat Ron Rivera? You better be double-teaming Julio Jones until kingdom come. Okay? I am content to let Calvin Ridley beat me. I am content to let Kenyon Barner beat me but I will not have Julio Jones beat me. And this is what Belichick is such a master at. He will take your best player and make him non-existent. Mm-hmm. Beat me some other way. You are not beating me the way that you beat everybody else. And that's why the freshmen need to step up on this Notre Dame game. When they sub in, coming off the bench, they need to step up. I, they have to play up to the the intensity of this game, how important it's going to be. I mean, I, I think... I think the X factor in this game, like you said, is definitely uh, uh, Tori Osmond. I mean, she played; she's played super well in the past past couple games. I mean, she hasn't shot, I mean, like great, great, but she's played really well. And I think that if she can play great, and I mean, she has the size to rebound. If and I mean, she's great inside with layups and all that stuff. She doesn't just miss them like a lot of people do, <laughs> um, but. Like, if she plays well, I think they have a really good shot. Well, I like her just because of her position versatility. She can go two through four. Yeah. She's, oh, yeah. she's more of a prototypical two, three. She's a little short to be playing the four, right. especially when you have Holly coming in, who's, you know, six, two. But 
But by the by the same token, until Kali comes back, that's where she's gonna have to play. I oh. mean, they're gonna have to move her around. I think one person mm-hmm. we keep overlooking is Marjorie Cook. And that's why I don't think A Rawl's gonna yeah. play as much, is because I think Cook, with the veteran experience, probably goes ahead mm-hmm. of her. I think Winston goes ahead of her. Do you think do you think Laurel Jackman plays? No. No. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No. I don't think if, if I'm I don't looking, see her getting that much time this season. If honestly, if I'm if I'm looking up and down if I'm looking up and down this roster, I don't think Dot uh, Dot and Jackman really are gonna get I don't or, much, Hendrickson. or Hendrickson. Or Hendrickson, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, after what she went through last I was year, about though, to say, with, it's nice with, to see her on with, the court with, last game, with, especially which just which just having you know knee problem after knee problem after knee problem. When she made that three from the far side, the crowd the crowd went nuts. I think that was like the most and exciting play of the game. She's the so she's so lively on the bench too. If you mm-hmm. wa- if you sit there and watch her, she's always up. Calling yeah, she plays. She's, seat, she's she, clapping. She's, she's a player coach. The other side. She's a oh, player yeah. coach in essence. Mer- Merchant doesn't have a deep booming voice. You need someone on your bench with a deep booming voice. So like, <laughs> so like so like if like if Bobby Bobby doesn't like if Bobby's calling a two three zone right, he doesn't have a deep voice. But if I'm on his coaching staff, I'm going mm-hmm. two three two three. You know. I mean, it's kind of yeah. It's, Nate, it's Nate like, would be my megaphone. Yes, <laughs> I mean it's kind of like I mean, I, I I don't know if this is a completely correct comparison, but I would say kind of like Tum Tum. Tum Tum is I mean he is the leader off the court too as he is on the court. She I mean she obviously doesn't get to play as much, but he knows how to get people ticking. She she's yeah. more of she's more of an entertain of like an entertainer like helping out. Like the team mentoring, yeah, but locker room, yeah, exactly. Keep it light. You get Keep over here. You get over here. Yeah, everybody, everybody know because some players just respond better mm-hmm. to their fellow player, telling them what right. to do than the coach. So she really, really smart. Really good to see her be able to drain that. So folks, now we're we're gonna go back to the freshman if we can for a little bit between the uh the trio of Parks, Winston, Joyner, and I'll throw in Julia Ayrault. What makes mm-hmm. them so good? Like, if you could think of each one of them individually, what makes them so impressive and makes them succeed beyond their years? Want to go over all of them? Or, or yeah, do you want to... Separate them. Wanna, go by yeah, one by how one? How about, how about you... Yeah, yeah. Pick one, and we'll all say something yeah. about it. Yeah, I'll go last. Give I'll, me the difficult one. I'll, I'll, no, I'll start with the hard one and go with Ayrault. And one thing I know about her is she reminds me of what Kithier was for us last year. And what I mean by that, scorer, yes. But first and foremost, when you need a big bucket, when you need someone who's gritty, who's going to get every rebound, who's mm-hmm. going to get a bunch of steals like she did, just doing the stuff other than scoring. We'll go in the, We'll go in for three minutes and go three yes. for three on field goals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And have like three steals. <laughs> Ex- or, 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 Consistent. What, mm-hmm. what, what the box score doesn't show. Those intangibles that help a team win that the box score doesn't throw. Right. That's, I, that's what she is. She's a glue player. She's a glue player. Yeah. When I was in the booth with Charlotte for the last game too, I, I even said in that press, they got her playing like a free safety man. She is a she ball stays hawk. Back yeah, she's, and grabs she reads the passes. Re- the oh yeah, steal. a few one-handed catches. I mean, I said, I'm like, man, Mark Antonio, where you at, man? He where the pass? <laughs> David Dowell, your spot's up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek sp- Thompson, you need help. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so great to mm-hmm. have basketball back on campus. If I mm-hmm. could just touch on that for a second. The state of this athletic program is an absolute joke. <laughs> like I, I, I'm gonna try to keep it. PG rated here, but holy crud, Bill Beekman, buddy, you got to do something here. You've got to do something. I mean, field hockey was bad this year. Men's was bad this year. Women's was bad this year. 
And for someone who covered field hockey, the utter disrepair that is in that stadium is a joke. <laughs> you go to U of M and you see what they have from a field hockey standpoint to what we have. It looked like someone constructed that stadium in two nights. It's terrible. How many, but do people, we really... how many people go to the games? Like, No, I, I don't know how many people go to the <laughs> U of M. I, I, I can't imagine that many people go to the U of M field it's hockey like games. Facilities. The, but the, have you ever driven by Ralph Young? Dude, I've never no. been to Ann Arbor. No, what? No, no, not Ann Arbor. The the this Ralph Young, which is the stadium for field oh, hockey by on the. It, okay. it, it's but like, concerns. <laughs> what do we think they're actually going to yeah. do about this? What? Do, like, so they're not going to do anything. Exactly. No. Exactly. No, but but I, I can still grumble and whine about it. That's the great thing about that's the great thing that's about why podcasting. We have this platform. And oh, I yeah. don't I don't have the power to do anything. But I'm talking to people that do have the mm-hmm. power to do something. See now, Nate, because he mumbles and grumbles you know, about Carolina stuff, too. So now he has a platform to do it. So, of course, you know, why not? Yeah, I'd mumble and grumble, to too. To anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it feels good to cover, men, to have men's and women's back. Because mm-hmm. we, I'm not, I mean, football team's a story for a different show. But as journalists, it's a lot funner to sit here in front word. of you. More fun? More, More fun. fun. As a journalist. Gr- grammar's <laughs> You're a journalist. Stuff, you're correcting me. Hey, you know what? I need, I need uh, spell check to help me with this. The, the, it, we, I'll be your human if, spell if check. I, if I, I can talk about... I, if I can talk... <laughs> spell check is so bad. Like, when you plan out a document, it only works half the time, and then it wants you to... Ch- it wants to change it to a word that's, like, in Spanish or something. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> My teacher, whenever she, I'd ask to spell a word, she would go... D-I-C-T-I-O-N-A-R-Y. And I'm like, man, I'm like, why can't you just... <laughs> okay, that's what, that's what back, to back to A-Roll. Yeah. Back to A-Roll. Back to A-Roll. This is a conversation for a different back, podcast. Back to A-Roll. But no, she, she, she is a glue player. Thank you, Charlie. And mm-hmm. she gets swept under the rug behind Winston and behind Jordan because, frankly, they are more athletic. They are getting more playing time, and they have a higher ceiling than her. So moving on to Bobby, since I took the player that you wanted, because I can do that because I'm the host, which one mm-hmm. do you pick? I'm going to go with Parks because I like over the last few games, she like Charlotte heard me all about it in the booth too. <laughs> She's just, I couldn't put into words how like, even though granted it was against Eastern Michigan and U of D Mercy, she's still a freshman. This is her first year in college and she balled out. Some of those sh- shot rejections she'd have too, some of those blocks, like those, if you have like some of those big blocks, and just a demoralizer on the boards and someone who consistently, well, pretty consistently makes layups through two games. You know, she has just been outstanding. Let's see. I've got the stats up here. If my Wi-Fi wants to load her, maybe I don't. Her on offense is just incredible. Cause I mean, I was, whenever me and Nathan were sitting down there courtside for the last game, she got a rebound on the baseline, took one pound dribble, just cleared out her defender in the lane and put it up for two. Yeah, she like it, I said, she's, she's a demoralizer so down there. If you yeah. if you see her on the other side, you're like, yeah. man, this is gonna be a rough time for me, especially yeah. if you're guarding her. Because yeah, she blocks shots, she gets rebounds, she and finishes. She will, yeah, she's a bully. Makes layups. She is she, the definition of a bully, and ball. I love it. You give her the ball two feet away, and she will take it. In. You can throw every God-given element at her and it ain't going to make a difference. Exactly. And I, that's the difference between her and Bellis. Yeah, she's one of those players where, like, you absolutely love if she's on your team. And if you were to, if she was on any other team, you'd be like, oh, I hate her, you know, because she's just so, like, 
she just brings such a presence down there, and it's like I said, grabs the rebound, blocks the shots, puts it up. So yeah, she's going, doing real good so far. Going back to what Stearns just said, um, whenever he was comparing her, um, comparing Parks to uh, what's her name? What am I drawing a blank? Uh, who are you comparing her to? You just not Jenna Allen. No, you just Caleb Bellis. To Caleb Bellis. Yes. Caleb mm-hmm. Bellis. Um, same thing. Sitting courtside. Caleb Bellis catches it far right wing. Takes one swing, pound dribble and layup all the way from the three point line. That was impressive, and I think she has more potential ball handling outside. She's more comfortable in that position than Parks is. Parks is more comfortable in the lane. Bellis is more comfortable outside, but they can both do uh, finish around the rim. Mm-hmm. Bellis is a weird is a weird sort of case for me because I've never seen someone who's so good at rebounding and just bullying. It's like when I played uh, when I was on the Selena Rec basketball team. Yeah. Oh, we're when, going when way I, back yeah. now. Uh, we're, we're going, going way we're, back. We're, we're going way back. Prime. When I was in high school. <laughs> My uh, freshman and sophomore year, I was the center. I was the five, and I was five five. Don't flex. So of course I got I, I got killed. I was terrible. I was terrible. Six points in three years, but you know I'm still Jesus. on the I'm still on the wall of fame. Not really. And then I recruited my football buddy. Are you on the wall of local Applebee's? I wish he could be. I wish. You never know. But I I, I recruited my friend at the time named Eric Bracci, who was who now plays football for Oberlin, and he was six five. So that's all we would ever do is win. But all the time it was Zarek. You have eight inches on the guy. Why does it take you four times to get the put back? Why? It's like catch off the board. Catch off the board. Yeah, you got to get double double. Yeah, but he's also heard he's killing his shooting percentage. But it. She was better. She was better against UAD Mercy, but against EMU, it was rebound, can't put it back. Rebound, can't. She did it against Ferris State, too. So if that's what's going to determine her playing time, flat out, because you have. You're neck and neck with part. We know Holly's ahead of her and we know Gaines is ahead of her. Flat out. Mm-hmm. Th- those two and Osment in the front court are going to play ahead of her. If she's able to put it back, she could weasel her way in front of Parks. But they both can rebound. It's good. Mm-hmm. It, it comes up to which one of you guys can do everything else. Right. I think they'll both definitely still see time on the floor just because of their size. But, yeah, I think Parks, she's just... As of right now, she's definitely showing me more reason why she should get the like a spot over Bellis or more time over Bellis, which you know first two games against you know two, for lack of a better word, almost like I guess not as talented opponents. Just you know Michigan State being D one and overmatched. Po- yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I mean I like that. You, 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 you a deity. Right. Yeah, you're talking Mac Horizon League versus Big Ten, and this is why team schedule. I don't want to say mm-hmm. glorified scrimmage, but it really is. And I mean, she yeah. got she got um, Bellis got more minutes just because of her status, experience, I mean, she, yeah, experience. She's, yeah. She's definitely more experience. experience. But the thing is, is that whenever I talked uh, on what day was it? Tuesday, Wednesday? They all was, lumped it, together. Yeah, now, it, was, so. it was one of those days. Whenever I was talking to Parks, I asked her, well, "What are you most excited for?" I mean, it's your first game as a freshman going to one of the biggest environments, and she she said one word, winning. That's what she said. So I was pretty excited about that. That's, I mean, that's huge confidence right there, and mm-hmm. that's really definitely the mentality. Cool, yeah, really need. cool to see. Well, and I think I think we've pretty much well covered bases with Winston and Joiner. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it. We know how everyone feels about each. But also, and, you could also Susie Merchant added before that it makes a difference when Joiner's not on the floor for does. her defense. Definitely. Because she just has the intensity of a player that you want on the defensive side. She helped. 
I mean, it's like I said the other, like a little while ago. She knows help defense. It's mm-hmm. the biggest. It's the biggest thing that freshmen do not understand whenever they come to college. You can see it in men's basketball. You can see it mm-hmm. in women's basketball. You can see it in NBA. If you don't know how to help, then you're you not going to play. You won't play. And and Mo Joyner knows how to help. She and knows how, it, She knows how to switch on ball screens exactly. too. I'm impressed. Yeah. With yeah. And that's going to keep her on the floor, especially on Notre Dame. And I think she has a huge game. I mean, if if they can hit shots, it, that's I mean, it'll lead right. them to win. Well, and you can't if you're a coach, and they're bringing in a bunch of freshmen. You might be able to play a little bit to, and I, I, I admittedly haven't watched enough Notre Dame women's basketball tape, but you can pray a little bit on their inexperience. You can't mentally trick Joyner. She's got the mental faculties of a junior. She is calm, cool, and collected. She out is there. playing like a person behind, like a player beyond her years. And you can't just run a bunch of funky little zone plays and trick her. You know, a lot of freshmen are going to kind of kind of get lost in the headlines mm-hmm. and go, oh, we didn't plan for this because part of the game and part of what's so hard for freshmen in general is... It's picking it up. Yeah. Well, they, you, have, you have a game plan. You have a game plan. What happens if they go away from the game plan? You can't possibly script every scenario. Right. So you have to be able to know what you know and adjust on the fly and make the right adjustments. And that's something that only comes with experience. And I could see McGraw throwing something if Michigan State wasn't as experienced. But I think we heard Merchant in the press say she, they didn't show much of nothing against UAD. So Notre Dame doesn't have an idea of what they're going to run. Which mm-hmm. is great. Which no, is great. Yeah. Notre Dame's not going to have a clue. So if I'm Merchant, when you have Gaines, when you have Holly, when you have Cloud, and when you have Taryn, people that have significant playing experience, you can really open the playbook and the sky is the limit. And mm-hmm. you can run and that's stuff. that's the best thing. And you can run stuff that are going to make these Notre Dame five freshmen go, what in the world just happened? And it's going to take them a little bit to catch on. And you hope by the time it takes them to catch on, they dug themselves in so deep yeah. in the hole. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's really going to be, that's going to be the telling thing. It's going to be a game of adjustments because, and it's going to be a game of who wants it more. Notre Dame is going to be looking to really ride the ship after that disappointing loss to Tennessee. And if you're MSU and you are McCutcheon, you are Cloudon, you are these people that were on the roster last year with the exception of Joyner, with the exception of Parks, with the exception of Winston. All okay? the freshmen. Yeah. All the freshmen, yes, that play. Um, I always think about it this way. If you're Michigan State, would you rather have had Notre Dame win the game and not have to lose two back-to-back? Because if I'm thinking NFL-wise – I do not want to play a team that's coming off a loss because that, that worries me. How do you think that Suzy Mer- Merchant's planning for that? I don't think you can worry about that. I, you I, just kind of focus on your game? You focus yeah. on your game. That, that's more of a fan thing, I guess. Well, I, yeah. I, you study why they lost, but I mean, the problem was, what was it, yesterday that they played or the... I think it was it maybe... Was yesterday. The, yeah, it was yesterday, I think. So that doesn't night. give you... I mean, by that time, they, they ended... Their last game was on Thursday, so you're talking the whole week and they've already pre-prepped and they've kind of formed a game plan. You can't really – you can study a little bit of tape and implement some stuff, but you can't overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. it this is really one of those games where it's just, I'm going to put my five best out there, you put your five best out there, let's go. Let's go backyard street ball. Uh, backyard street ball. street ball, yeah. And flat out, I like, yeah. I, I like Michigan State's chances. I really do. I'm not mm-hmm. – uh, maybe it's just me buying into the hype. Maybe it's just me being excited because we actually have a half-decent athletic team on campus. <laughs> but with that being said, I just – Michigan State, 
I trust the people in this locker room and I trust Merchant and I, until they, they don't, they've not given me a reason to not pick them until they give mm-hmm. me a reason not to pick them. I can't, I mean, Mark has, I mean, D'Antonio has now given me no reason why I can pick for them. So they're losing to Rutgers. Yeah. God. Well, the problem that is another conversation for a different podcast. Rutgers is a max school, but that's beside the point. I just, what is Notre Dame going to do when the chips fall again? What? I mean, yes, they, as you said, they scored one more point in the fourth, but when they needed a monorally, they couldn't do it. Tennessee Mm -hmm. kept them at arm's length throughout the entire thing and slammed the door. And I think if you're Michigan state, what we saw, they've already faced a little, they were so bad in the first half against Eastern. Mm -hmm. They looked terrible and they came out. And see, that could happen at Notre Dame. And they couldn't miss. It would have been easy for them to come out with the, oh, woe is me, we're beating a math school that was 6-12 and 12 in the math last year by two and a half. They didn't come out, they didn't hang their heads, and instead, they ended up winning 85-50. to 50. They ended up right. winning by 35 points. I think, I think the biggest thing is going to be the start, the first quarter, the mm-hmm. beginning of the first quarter. If you look at their game against Tennessee, uh, Notre Dame immediately fell behind 17-7, like as quick as quick can be. It was so fast, and like if you blink and you're down, like what do you? What's your mindset for the rest of the game? They can't do that. You're playing Michigan. catch up. Yeah, yeah you you're can't put, do that against Michigan right. State. And I think a way they can do that transition. We saw it like against Eastern. You know, the transition game wasn't really that great. But then we saw against Detroit Mercy, we would actually the person with the ball and two people on the wings wouldn't take it all the way. They'd actually kick it out. So if they if they stop Notre Dame on offense early get the rebound get out and transition get a few quick easy buckets and then with a young team with notre dame we'll maybe see how get, they respond you maybe know maybe get them in foul trouble yeah i think also the press is going to be very effective do you think they're going to run it the whole game i was just about to I ask don't, I, don't know. I i think they will i, I really know. i personally think I they will it's prove why would they not make, make the freshman prove I mean, that they until, can beat it until yeah until yeah. the the notre dame team can puts together a few baskets i think they'll run it because the only reason you should pull off a press is if it's not working. Right. If you're just giving up easy baskets. At least try it before and... you pull it, obviously. Yeah. But, but we, we, we saw, but Michigan State ran that press against, and yeah, like we, we've said mm-hmm. 50 times, Detroit Mercy's on dumpster fire. They couldn't play fundamental basketball. They it's forced yeah. 17. Over, yeah. They, yeah, I was going to say, they forced. turnovers in the game. It, it, was, it was like closer 17, to 40, I think. The, it was like 38 or something, wasn't it? That's insane. Was it 30? 30. They, they had 17 first half turnovers. I mean, they, they yeah. couldn't hold down to the ball. If you can't play fundamental basketball, you've got to spook these freshmen. You have to make them uncomfortable, and you have to throw whatever you have. You have to throw everything you have at them. You have to do it disciplined. I think what we saw a lot with Eastern Michigan, Michigan State loves to get out and run. That's a hallmark of them, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they do it out of control. Sometimes you got to do it under control. You can run, but you have to have everybody running back. You have to make the smart passes. And if it's not there, there's nothing wrong with kicking it back out with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and rerunning your offense. I really think inexperience is going to be a problem for Notre Dame coming into this game. I really do. I think Michigan State has an edge, but I really do think Notre Dame still has a solid group of freshmen that can really ball out. That's, I mean, that's that's just where the home court advantage is going to take over because if they go on the road, if they played in the Breslin, it might be I would like our chances a lot better. I would too. I would too, but I – It doesn't – it doesn't – I mean, Michigan State is experienced, yes, and to Notre Dame's inexperience, but it's the same thing as they have Muffet McGraw, like she's a legend, and like mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to that's going to benefit them. She's going to be, but I mean, at the same time, 
it's the beginning of the season of a new se- of like it's the beginning of a season the game really i don't i don't like saying like the beginning of the season doesn't matter but it's just like it's just it is skate. a little less significant in the bigger picture. You you're just yeah. playing for tournament for RPI stuff at that point. Exactly. You're just playing for top for tier yeah. one, quad one, quad two. I mean, this would be a quad one win. If you can get mm. clicking by the time your turn or by the time your your Big Ten play or like whatever like whatever your conference play is, then you're fine. Right. It doesn't, that's all. That's that, most important. That, I mean, conference play. You can see yeah. it. You can see it. You can see it with Michigan State men's basketball. Izzo does it every single year. It's this year. It's Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Seton Hall. That's that's nasty. I'll if say you, you name it. We play you, them. Yeah, if you do if you do that and you lose like two games and and like late on in the season that cost you like a, a like a tournament berth. Izzo would never do it. It's to test out, see where his guys are, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what this game is. Well, the thing for me though, and why I'm I'm a little bit more of a fan of non-conference. Love, love conference. I obviously still think conference is more important, but I'm not going to just. You have Syracuse is ranked number 20. Florida State's ranked number 12. West Virginia. You have LSU on a neutral court. You win those games, and you can have a couple screw ups in conference. Conference plays weird in any yeah. sport. You afford yourself a couple chance to kind of come out, have a clunker, and you're fine. Right. Conference play, especially. Big Ten and especially in hoops, like in anyone on any given day can in beat anything. Anyone. We saw Rutgers beat Anywhere. Ohio State last year. Exactly. We saw. Oh God, what was it? The year that Michigan went to the championship with with, with Burke Hardaway, they lost to Penn State that year mm-hmm. on the road. Who was absolutely was, horrendous. I think they were last in the Big Ten. That year. They, they were at, say last year lost to uh, Indiana, Illinois, Indiana yeah. and exactly, Illinois. Exactly, yeah. Without, and they didn't have, was it was it Langford or Morgan, they didn't have that entire, almost that entire game and we lost at home. Probably both. That was the day, that was the day oh, that yeah, college that game became. Morgan. Ma- Morgan was out. Oh, yeah. Morgan got out, was hurt with 15 minutes to go in the first half and that was it. But, like, looking at this schedule, you have written which kind of stinks for us because we go we go on break uh i think it's december 13th but much needed like absolutely they play <laughs> lsu Thanks. in the bahamas they're Dude, at florida to travel there what if we travel to Can the we, bahamas I, let, let's, let's do that yeah. where's, where's joe we need to get joe Impact in here and be like we bahamas. need four tickets to the bahamas yes. asap at, at florida with state credentials. yes at florida state you're home against syracuse on the 20th uh, home against West Virginia, those are good opportunities to gauge yourself. I mean, and if mm-hmm. you can beat Notre Dame, if you can, then you really have a chance to have some clunkers because, again, this team was not good on the road at all last year. And you have to play Maryland. You have to play Maryland, who's always a power. You have to play Michigan. You have to play at Indiana, who's ranked. So anytime you go on the road in conference, you're going to have a fair share of clunkers. So with that being said, folks, as we go on to our final topic, who do you guys like on Thursday? Bobby, you want to start? Oh, I love to, Mr. Stearns. Um, honestly, it's hard to go against experience, so I'm going to take the Spartans on this one. I do think we're going to get up on them early. Notre Dame will probably make a comeback because of all the talent they have. But I do think that Michigan State, like Tennessee, will be able to you know, give them, keep them at arm's length. They'll need a good three-point shooting night. I'm going to say Michigan State 76, Notre Dame 70. I say six-point win for the Spartans on the road here. And also, real good game from the freshmen. Which one? All of them. 
Every single one? All of them are going to step up because they have to. Yeah. Bold prediction by Bobby. I'm all about them. See, it's really a toss-up for me because I know Notre Dame has very talented freshmen, but MSU has the experience, so it's kind of weighing. But I'm going to take the Spartans because I really think that Taryn's going to show out with her three-pointer. I think Coco Gaines is going to be a beast on the boards, and I also think Eliza Winston and players from the bench, such as Joyner, are going to step up also by giving a big game. So my final score, I would say is 65 to 58. Ooh, little defensive battle. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, for me, it just stems from the fact that I just I just don't see Muffet McGraw's team losing two. Bro! Bro! See, that's why I was like kind unbiased. of a toss-up. Unbiased. I, I am unbiased. I think, I think that the freshmen come out and they have a little bit of a tough time getting in the basket. I think that, um, I think that, like some of the more veteran players from Michigan State play well, um, but ultimately I think that the freshmen from Notre Dame get it done. But uh, for Michigan State, I think Tori Osman has a huge game. I think she plays super well, um, and I think that not having Shea Holly in a big game is going to affect them. And I think that uh, Notre Dame wins by three. So I'm gonna say seventy-seven, seventy-four. Okay. Um, we're, okay. Co- we're, co- we're coming. We've come and full we're circle. back to Stern. 75-70 Michigan State. They don't have any clouded. And she has shown the ability last year and this year when shots were not falling against Eastern. She said, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. At Notre Dame, I don't she know. Thanos them. They don't have. Who on the team is going to take a big shot Sam, when it's needed to? Sam Brunel. That's a player to watch for that's, Notre Dame. I, I know that's a player to watch, She's but there's still a freshman. freshman. She was one of the top recruits. It, it takes a while for you to build that pedigree. I can tell you right now, Clouds are in the pedigree of Michigan mm. State. It's going to be her or it's going to be Taryn taking the final shot. And I like. I would rather have Taryn and Nia taking the final shot over whoever the heck Notre Dame has. I mean, I agree with that, that they have more experience. I just think I think it stems back from that, fact, that point that I made earlier. It's I don't Notre Dame wins 114 straight. I don't think they lose two in a row. That's the biggest. I don't think they lose two in a row at home. If it was at Breslin, pick a completely different game. I think that I think that Michigan State would dominate. But on, in the Joyce Center at on the campus of Notre Dame with the fans trying to pick their team back up after a big loss to an unranked Tennessee team, it might be a little bit tough. I yeah. think State's going to come out with a vengeance though, just because of how Notre Dame beat them by 30 last year in the tournament mm-hmm. in the round of 32. They McCutcheon, Nia, after that game, they were angry. And you could tell they were waiting for a chance to smack Notre Dame in the mouth again. And, and I think they will. You Revenge. have the chance. And you I mean, have if, the you, cha- if you look at their schedule, if they win this game, they're looking at, they're already 2-0. and They'll walk You're to 5-0. and 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. I think, I mean, LSU might might even be a 6-0. It'd be Florida State at whenever 6-0 Michigan State versus the number 12 ranked Florida State right now. That's a that's, huge. It's a huge match. Huge. And then huge. one more thing I wanted to get into Sutton as you touched on how it's going, you know, they uh, the, the the if I could talk, we're almost at the end so my brain's, you know, a little mushy. But with them being at home, that place is going to be rocking. Like especially with after you know, as loss. you said, the loss that and you know, a good Michigan State, a ranked Michigan State is coming to town. 
that place is going to be packed. It's going to be loud, and I can't wait to be there. Well, they don't have the Stearns effect. I no, bring, they I don't. I bring the Stearns-Michigan State effect. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to our first episode of Season 2 of the Breslin Breakdown. We might try and change it to Merchant's Mayhem, depending on if programming and Joe Dandron gives us the okay for that. Yeah, All in favor say aye. Aye. I think everybody likes it, with the exception of, of Joe Dandron, but what are you going to do? As we previously <laughs> touched on, Oakland will be... Coming back to the Breslin on October, excuse me, November 19th, and we will be playing Hartford on November 24th. So again, folks, thank you for tuning in for the first episode of Season 2 of the Breslin Breakdown. I'm your host, Nathan Stearns, along with Bobby Zephyro, Charlotte Steinberg, and Sutton McGee. We will see you guys next time to recap the Notre Dame game and give us yep. some thoughts. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to go on for that. See thank you, you guys, Bend, baby. and stay tuned.